From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, July 13th. Some years ago, conservationist group Grand Canyon Trust filed a lawsuit in a Utah federal district court challenging the Bureau of Land Management's approval of utility rights of way for Enefit American Oil. Those rights were for building pipelines and transmission lines. Grand Canyon Trust argued the construction violated the National Environmental Policy Act and threatened endangered species. But since that lawsuit, attorneys have discovered something else that seems fishy. Justin Higginbottom speaks with an attorney about the fate of a 10 million gallon per day water right impacting the Green River. Enefit plans to build the nation's first commercial-scale oil shale mine and processing plant. It'll be in the Uinta Basin near the confluence of the Green and White Rivers. That's upriver from Moab. That kind of mining takes a lot of water, something like four barrels of water for every barrel of oil. It's about 3.5 billion gallons of water per year. So really, that's a huge amount of water that Enefit needs to mine and process oil shale, and they're planning on getting all of that water from a single water right. That's Michael Toll. He's an attorney at the conservation group Grand Canyon Trust, and his organization has raised an administrative protest to who should have access to that water. In Utah, like other western states, water rights must be put to what the state calls beneficial use. That's things like agriculture or ranching or mining. An applicant has 50 years to use the water, or the right goes back to the public. Because in Utah and other western states, water is property of the public. It belongs to the public. The rule is meant to prevent speculation and hoarding. In 2013, Enefit was about to lose that water right as they waited on BLM approvals for construction of their plant. What Enefit did was transfer this extraordinarily valuable water right to Deseret Power, which is the owner of the Bonanza a coal-fired power plant up in the Uinta Basin, which is maybe 15 or so miles away from where Enefit plans to build its, its mine and plant. This was a smart move because there's an exception to that 50-year rule for wholesale electrical cooperatives like Deseret Power. Those companies plan decades into the future, and sometimes 50 years just isn't enough time. So they can apply for an extension which is what Deseret Power did. And it did so by swearing that it needed that water to generate electricity to satisfy the public's future power demand. But that's not what happened. According to administrative documents obtained by Grand Canyon Trust, Deseret Power transferred the water right back to Enefit for $10. Now Enefit once again has the water right and likely enough time to put it to use. So again, before... Deseret Power swore that it needed the water to generate electricity to meet the public's future power demand and got an extension of time from the Division of Water Rights on that basis. It signed a contract with Enefit entitling Enefit to the right to use all of that water for the next 30 plus years to mine and process oil shale. Toll says he doesn't have a contract between Deseret Power and Enefit, so he doesn't know what the power company got in return for transferring the water right. But it looks like Deseret Power helped Enefit avoid forfeiting access to a huge amount of water. And back to Grand Canyon Trust lawsuit, taking that water could have downstream effects. Truly disastrous environmental and public health impacts. You know, in the midst of an unprecedented drought and in the country's second driest state, the deal between Deseret Power and Enefit is depriving Utahns of billions of gallons of water that should be available to the public. 
The Utah Division of Water Rights will hold a hearing next Tuesday to decide who gets access to the nearly 10 million gallon per day water right on the Green River. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. The city of Green River is receiving half a million dollars from the EPA to assess its downtown corridor for brownfields. These are sites where redevelopment might be complicated by hazardous material or contaminants. The EPA estimates there are over 450,000 so-called brownfields in the U.S. Bill Reese works for the Utah Department of Environmental Quality and is an expert in these sites across the state. A brownfield is really real property where the expansion, redevelopment, or reuse is complicated by real or perceived contamination. Meaning for whatever reason, that property is sitting there vacant, it's underutilized, it's abandoned. And oftentimes there's a reason why those properties are sitting like that, especially properties that are along Main Street or prime corridors. Green River's Broadway and Main Street corridors contain over 20 potential brownfield sites. They include three abandoned gas stations, a historic bank building, and vacant motel and nightclub. So by getting some assessment funding up front, What that allows Green River to do in this case is begin to look at some of these older properties that have been languishing for years and years to invest in them and try and find out, is there a problem? And if so, then begin to position those properties, hopefully to receive cleanup funding, which then allows those properties to be cleared so that investment can continue in that community. In a press release, Green River Mayor Ren Hatt calls the funding, quote, a critical step in identifying suspected challenges in the town's built environment. This latest round of Brownfield's assessment and cleanup funding represents a large injection of federal dollars in historically underserved areas. $180 million from the $1.5 billion infrastructure law will help redevelop brownfield sites across the country. It's a wonderful opportunity to inject additional resources into communities that have been struggling with issues, trying to clean up properties in the interest of rehabilitating them and seeing them return back to beneficial, productive use. The EPA boasts some unique success stories in their brownfields redevelopment projects over the years. A historic Army supply base in Arizona became a 78-acre park. A former county airport in Montana, sustainable housing. It's not clear what the transformation trajectory for Green River's languishing properties will look like yet. The money is simply going to assess the sites to first see whether or not there is a problem with contamination. The Green River City Council is expected to receive a training on the program this August. In addition to Green River's $500,000 award, the Utah DEQ received $1.3 million in Brownfields funding. They plan to prepare an inventory of underutilized and abandoned sites across the state and conduct site assessments. Reese says one of those assessments could be in Moab on a vacant shooting range. We haven't done anything on that property at this point. But it certainly is potentially eligible to receive some funding for some assessment purposes should the community be interested in that. So ultimately, as we get our grant up and running, uh, we'll certainly be reaching out to Moab City officials and see if that's something that they would like us to pursue. Reese takes calls on a near daily basis from individuals and municipalities looking for solutions for abandoned property. He says there are brownfields in almost every community. 
Reese expects even more funds to be allocated to Brownfields projects across the country in the next couple years through the bipartisan infrastructure legislation. The Western Fire Chiefs Association launched a mobile-friendly map this week to provide the latest information on wildfires across the region. Emma Gibson of the Mountain West News Bureau has more. The map color codes wildfire boundaries, and depending on the state of the fire, they could be red, orange, or brown. Red indicating the most recent actively burning area. Kim Zagaris advises the association on wildfire policy and technology. He says they wanted a site that could offer updates almost in real time. A lot of people are, they want to Google where the nearest uh, fast food or wherever something is. So if you try to Google uh, where the fire is, you don't get a lot of help out of it. It's mostly mapping fires on state and federal land, but they hope to fill in some of those gaps by pulling data from 911 dispatch. The association also plans to add more features in the next year like air quality updates and text message notifications. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Emma Gibson. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, July 13th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.